Today we're going to take a look at conditionals. Uh, conditionals are basically an if clause followed by a main clause or result clause. Uh, one of the cool things about conditionals in Japanese is you'll notice that the, uh, the format is essentially the same. So if and then, basically, right? So the, uh, the structure of the sentence doesn't really change. But dazai being dazai and this being writing, there's some style uh, at play here. So we're going to uh, hear a little bit more about that in just a second. Let's listen to dazai's use of these two clauses. And the first clause is... Naraba. And the second... Kamoshirenu. Okay, so let's dive into the lesson and check out Dazai's sentence. トノ様がご自分の腕前にかっこ不動の自信を持っていたならば何の異変も起こらず全てが平和であったのかもしれぬ。トノ様がご自分の腕前にかっこ不動の自信を持っていたならば何の異変も起こらず全てがが平和であった
as blocks, as clauses, follow that same kind of pattern as they do in English. In English, the word if, which conveys this idea of conditionality, appears at the very beginning of the first clause, right? But in Japanese, the idea that conveys conditionality, which is nara, appears at the end of the clause. And it's preceded by a verb, which is a very, very important indicator that we'll talk about right now. The verb is an important indicator because it tells us when things are happening, right? And with conditionals, you can have a present conditional, uh, if this happens, I might go now, right? You can have a future conditional, uh, if this happens, I might be rich, yay. Uh, or you can have a past conditional, which is what we're dealing with in this sentence. Uh, if I were to have run at full speed, we talk about in our examples, then maybe I would have made the train, right? If I hadn't been so shy, I would have talked to the uh, writer of mastering the kanji, remembering the kanji. I can't remember. I still can't come up with the title. Anyway, you get the idea, right? Past tense. If that thing had happened, then maybe this thing wouldn't have happened or would have happened. And so in Dazai's sentence, he's using past tense, right? So you have this verb, which is moteiru, and it's conjugated to moteita, right? That tells us we're going to be dealing with past tense. And when you hit nara immediately after that, then you know, oh, past tense and conditional. In the second clause, we're dealing with the uh, result of what we talked about in the first clause, right? So what happens in the second clause is entirely contingent on what happens in the first clause. But this statement that we're dealing with here is all about might or may some sort of possibility of something having happened once this first thing happened, if it happened. And so earlier I talked about this idea of uh, things being unreal. That's the word that we use when we talk about this, when we talk about this third conditional from a grammar standpoint, because it's really just not realistic that these things would have happened, right? So if we take a tiny little step back again and look at our examples, this uh, first example we have, if I had run at full speed, I might have caught the train, right? Well, it's unreal because you didn't run at full speed and you were not going to catch the train. And because you didn't run at full speed, you didn't catch the train, right? Okay, let's zip back to Dazai's second clause here. And just like in the first clause, the verb plays an important uh, role. So... Uh, here, the verb you have is, is aru, and it's conjugated to past tense, right? And because it's conjugated to past tense and is followed by our auxiliary verb, then we know that this clause is unreal, which means it did not happen. This compound auxiliary, kamushirenu, is, you might remember, also one of these guessing or supposing auxiliaries, right? And when you use it, you're aware that the thing that you're discussing or describing could go either way. As far as possibility goes, on the spectrum of possibility, it's way down at the bottom when you use it. Not very likely to happen. Um, but beyond that, this is also not an objective statement. It's really subjective, right? So it describes it more how you feel 
feel about the possibility rather than the possibility itself. It's really about how you feel. Today we focused on this past conditional, and we saw Dazai's use of nada. But there are two other ways that you can say it or write it. Uh, ba, which is the most common way to say it these days, or tara. Now let's listen to Dazai's sentence using these two additional ways. And pay special attention to the conjugation of that verb just before this usage, okay? That's where you really want to be looking and listening. At the tail end of the phrase here, we'll also use nai to keep things major common for you. Okay, let's listen. トモ様がご自分の腕前にかっこ不動の自信を持っていれば何の異変も起こらず全てが平和であったのかもしれないトモ様がご自分の腕前にかっこ不動の自信を持っていたら何の異変も起こらず全てが平和であったのかもしれない全力で走っていれば、11時7分の電車に間に合っていたかもしれない。全力で走っていたら、11時7分の電車に間に合っていたかもしれない。極端に恥ずかしがり屋でなければ、ハイシグさんと、もう少しマシな会話ができていたかもしれない。極端に恥ずかしがり屋でなかったら、ハイシグさんともう少しマシな会話ができていたかもしれない。So there you have it. Not easy, right? This is one of the more complicated structures to explain actually when you're teaching English uh, to people and it's equally difficult to explain in Japanese. Uh, but it's a cool and useful phrase and apparently uh, Dazai uses this often. He's not so sure about a lot of things in his writing. So now that you know it, now that you understand what it's all about, uh, think about it when you run into it in some of his other writing. Okay, on to the next one.